Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Here's kind of the title of today. I was made to find freedom. So it, it, it doesn't end with just knowing God. There's something else. There's more. And you are also made to find freedom. So I encourage you to, to take notes, to lean in, because I believe this will really help you. Uh, in fact, one thing that I think about every single week, I try to think about your Monday. I try to put myself in your shoes and think about what your day-to-day life is. And for you coming here and hanging out with us at this church, that I believe that your Monday should look different because of what we just experienced here on Sunday. That, that part of my responsibility is to bring from God's word some things that you could be like, you know what? I can try that this week. I can actually try to implement that in my life. That it's not just something that's so feely and something that is so like head in the clouds like or heady. Like, man, I, I, I'm from Middle Tennessee. I got a Middle Tennessee public school education. So I got to keep the cookies on the bottom shelf, you know? Like we didn't come first in any list. And so like, so I, I love diving into God's word and helping people practically with their lives. So I want to encourage you to lean in, lean in today. Cool? Let's pray. Let's invite God into this. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done, and we invite you to speak. God, I just pray that you will take these words of mine and what I've prepared, and God, I submit them to you, and I ask that you give my words weight in this place, and that we walk away different than when we walked in, because God, I don't want to play church today. There's nothing inside of me that wants to come in and just play church and sing the songs and read the verses and walk out the same exact way. God, there's something deep inside of me today that believes that every single one of us can take a step towards you today. And so, God, we tell you to do whatever you want to do. Speak. We're ready to listen. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, moment of honesty. This is a very big moment for our church. Very big. Okay, like, I know it's week three. But like, I believe church should be the safest place to talk about anything. It should be a place where we can be honest. It's a place where we can be real and transparent. And so this is a very big test for us, okay? Get ready, okay, by a show of hands. And please don't do the T-Rex arms. You know, if this is you, go way up, okay? Let's just own this thing. How many of you have issues? Come on, how many of you have issues? Come on, if you got a lot of issues, put both hands in the air. Like, yeah, like, that's me. That's me. I got two. I got so many issues, my issues have issues, you know? Like, and if you didn't raise your hand right there, that's probably your issue, okay? (laughs) How many of you are sitting beside your issue? No, 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 don't. Don't raise your hand. Do not raise your hand. Do not raise your hand. That's going to get you in a lot of trouble, okay? Keep that one to yourself. That's an internal one, you know? (laughs) <laughs> but it's something that we all, like, that, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. My hand went up. You know, I should have done too. You know, like, I, I got issues. And you got issues. And I'm so thankful to see that there's a room of transparent people that'd be like, you know what, on a Sunday at 11 o'clock a.m., I got some issues. There's some things in my life. And it, it really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your gender, how much money you make. If you have an awesome 401k, which side of the political aisle that you kind of hang out on, you know, like, or even what you believe in God. We all, every single one of us, that's something that brings us all together is the fact that we have issues. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, there's a guy by the name of Paul, and he's actually an apostle. He wrote a big chunk of the New Testament. 
and he talks about issues. He talks about the fact that we have issues, and he uses this very unique word that a lot of times we don't use in 2018, and it's this word called strongholds, okay? Let, let's read this together. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we're gonna start in verse three. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So he's talking to believers. He's talking to, he's talking to a church, and he's talking to believers, people that believe in Jesus. So if you believe in Jesus, you're following Jesus, this is, this is kind of directed towards you. And he says, hey, like we live in the world, but we don't do exactly what the world does. Okay, we, we don't fight that way. Uh, we, we don't respond on Twitter that way, you know, like, like, like we, we don't do everything the same. But it says in verse four, it says the weapons we fight with, but we do have weapons, that, that they're not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish, and he uses this word, strongholds, strongholds. And then he says we demolish arguments and every pretension. Okay, that word pretension is actually where we get the word pretend. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a mirage, it's false. It's, it's something that pretends to be real, okay? A pretension that sets, itself, it's that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then it says this, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And I wanted to give you a definition of what this word stronghold means, because if it's in our Bible, I think it's pretty important for us to know. And here's the actual definition. You can write this down. I think it'll be on the screen. It's a prisoner. This is the literal definition, a stronghold, a prisoner that is locked by deception. It's a prisoner that is locked by, it feels like it has power. It feels like it's real, but it's, but it's really not because it's a lie. You think it has more power than it actually does. Here's a great picture of a stronghold. And actually, here, here's a picture. Put, put that picture up on the screen. And so it's actually how they train elephants is a great picture of a stronghold. Because if you can see, all this elephant has on its front leg is this rope. Now, elephants can grow up to three to seven tons. Okay, they're massive animals. Okay, anybody been in the zoo? Okay, like they're really, really big. And this massive... This, this animal that weighs tons and tons is held together by not chains, not in a cage, but by a rope that with very little effort can just snap that sucker and come attack you and eat you, you know? Like, it can easily do that. And I was reading about this earlier this week, and it says this. It says this. When they are very young, elephants, and much smaller, we use the same size rope to tie them and at that age, it's enough to hold them. As they grow up, they are conditioned to believe they cannot break away. They believe the rope can still hold them so they never try to break free. See, they can be free. They just don't know they can be free. That is a great picture of what Paul is talking about when he uses this word stronghold. It's, it's this. Here's another way to put it. It's living life by something that is not true. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, I have. There's been times in my life where I have lived life by something that is not true. And here's another great picture um, that, that what a stronghold could look like. I'm actually gonna ask my friend DeVay, come on up here. Can everybody clap their hands for DeVay as he comes and helps, helps me? DeVay, come stand, come stand about right here, my man. Come stand, come stand like right, right, right here, okay? Uh, church on the count of three, say hi, DeVay, one, two, three. 
come on, we can do better than that. And I know some of you are like, I don't ever talk in church. Okay, you can right now. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, so much better. So let me give you another picture of what a stronghold is and what it, and what it can look like. Um, Because a lot of times we have issues. We all say we have issues, but a lot of times those issues can look an awful lot like baggage. And so why don't you bring out that first piece of luggage here, and I'm just going to ask my friend DeVay to hold this. Okay, just hold this. So a lot of times there's things in our life that we pick up along the way. And sometimes it's things like the past. And these things that are maybe in the past, maybe it's something that you did. Maybe it's a mistake that you made. Maybe, and so because you made a mistake, you constantly are in your head with guilt, shame, regret, and you live your life constantly thinking about this mistake that you made. Maybe this past that you're holding, maybe it's something that you didn't do. Maybe it was something that was done to you. Maybe it was somebody that was supposed to love you but didn't love you. Maybe it was somebody that broke your heart Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was something that happened in your life that that you didn't really want. Maybe it's confusion because of what happened. Or maybe it's just hurt or pain. And sometimes we're carrying around this stuff from the past. And it's just baggage. Maybe for some of you, you can bring out the second one. And maybe for some of you, we have some unhealthy habits or maybe even some, some, some addictions, some things in our life that we've picked up along the way, just like happened to us, but it's maybe choices that we made. Maybe it's, it's things like, you know, like, I think, I think there's kind of like the low-hanging fruit sometimes of like, maybe it's like, man, I, I, I've, I've kind of struggled with drinking, or, or maybe I've, I've gotten involved with drugs, and uh, maybe there's things where, where that's been a part of my life, or maybe there's other things like just lust and the things that are happening in my mind, and I've become addicted to pornography, and there's different things that I've experienced, and I just keep, like, I, I don't want that, but it's like, I can't stop. And it's these things that we've picked up along the way. Maybe it's in our spending. And it's this debt that we keep, like, I I just go somewhere and I I can't stop buying things. And I just buy things and I do that. Maybe it's eating disorders. Maybe it's temper. Maybe it's something that's in your life that you're like, "I, I don't want it, but it's there. It's these addictions or these unhealthy habits. Maybe sometimes it is our thoughts. And they're simply these thoughts that we have that are happening in our life, and there's these things that are just, that maybe nobody knows. There's things that just are constantly in our mind that we struggle with. Maybe for some of you, it looks like insecurity. And it makes me feel a certain way, and I just, I battle with this insecurity, and maybe nobody really knows the things. Maybe it's fear. And there's these massive fear that I think about all the time, or it's worry, or it's maybe some of you, it's like negativity, and I just have all these negative thoughts, and I want to be more positive, and I try, and I listen to that self-help podcast, and it just, it doesn't seem to work. I just find myself with this baggage in my thought life, and it's these things that just keep happening, and I have a low self-esteem, and I compare myself to every other person in the world, and I'm kind of owned by it. Or maybe it's kind of like relationships. Maybe we have just these unhealthy relationships or these toxic relationships, these things that are in our life that sometimes we, we feel and these sometimes that we experience. How, how you doing, man? You feeling super comfortable right here? Yeah. <laughs> and the truth is, 
Just think about if you had to live life this way physically. Think about how uncomfortable that would be. Think about how hard it would be to do day-to-day life carrying around this all the time, that you were experiencing this. But the truth is there's so many of us where we walk around and if we could have a spiritual lens and we could see emotionally or spiritually or relationally, we're walking around life, doing life this way. And there's things that are happening to us. You don't want to live this way, but you can't shake them. And it's so easy for this to be normal life. And it's just something that I'm just going to have to deal with the rest of my life. But here's what happens sometimes. And I've seen this a lot. Is that a lot of times there's like this awareness that this is happening in our lives. And I'm tired of it and I've tried everything and I've tried to fix myself. And like, even when I try to, I feel like they get heavier. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. And it's like, you know what? I I don't know Jesus. I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe I did a long time ago, but now, and so I decide I'm gonna come to church and I'm gonna give this whole God, Jesus, church thing a try. And I'm gonna come and I'm gonna experience this. And all of a sudden you hear the good news of the gospel. You hear what God through Jesus has done for you. And you make a decision and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and your life is never the same after you experience this moment. And, what, and here's the cool thing, that just things that we know, 52 people in our church have already made that decision in two weeks. So that's all, come on, we can clap our hands for that. That's awesome. So some of you, maybe that's even your story the last two weeks that you came in and you came in with this and you made the decision. But sometimes we have this unrealistic expectation and this expectation is, okay, Jesus, I'm coming to you. I'm giving you my life. And then I immediately expect not to have all these, right? There's sometimes we have this unrealistic expectation that we do that. All the issues, all the baggage will be gone. All this, but we still have them. And so like the truth is you're going to heaven, but you still can't shake these things. You still have them. You know, like for example, if you cursed like a sailor, okay, and then you came to church for the first time, never been here, you hear the power of, the, of what Jesus has done for you, oh, well, I'm all in, I'm giving God my life, I accept him into my life, you'll probably still be prone to drop bombs on Monday, you know, it's like, beep, beep, you know, it's like, oh, but now you feel so guilty about it, you know, it's like, and that's not fun, you know, it's like, I used to do all these things, and I never felt guilty, and now I gave my life to Christ, and I still have all this stuff, but now I feel really guilty, about it and all these things. And so here's the truth. There's symptoms that we experience from carrying these around. There's effects that like this, there's no way that you can go through life with these things and it not affect you. So some of the things that it does, here's the first thing that if you walk around with this, it takes your focus. It begins to take your focus. Basically, you can't see anything but your issue. You can't see around it. You, can't, you don't have good perspective. Like you can't see anything past it. It keeps you from focusing on what you should be focusing on. So it takes it. Here's the second thing it does. It steals our identity. And so a lot of times these things, they try to steal your identity. It's not just something that happened to you. It is you. 
It's not that, man, I, I, like, that I struggle with alcohol. No, you're an alcoholic. See, these things, it becomes who you are. And it steals your identity. It makes you believe that's who you are. And you can't get away from it because it's literally part of who you are. Another thing that it does, it consumes our emotional energy. It's exhausting carrying this stuff. When you walk around all the time and this is what real life is, it makes you so tired and you just, and you just emotionally drained. All hope goes out the window and there's a sense of hopelessness. It also distracts you from your purpose. That when you're carrying this stuff around, you're never gonna do what God's called you to do. And listen, we've a big part of our church, and that's actually what we're doing today in step two of the growth track, is we wanna help you discover your purpose because we believe with all our heart that God designed you a very specific way with a very specific purpose. And we wanna help you find it. And the fact that 80, more than 80% of people in church don't even know their purpose. And so, not in our church, because we want to help you discover your purpose. And the truth is, you need to hear this, hear this, hear this. God has a big purpose and a plan for your life. Some of you don't believe it. But I promise you that God has such a plan and a purpose for your life. It's more than what you can imagine that he has that. But what happens is that when we have this baggage and these issues, a lot of the times the enemy, the devil, that he knows that if he can just get us so focused on this, we'll never do what God's called us to do. We'll just think about this. So it distracts us from our purpose and also it robs us of more and better life. Then when we're talking about this series, I was made for more, and we read John 10, 10, that Jesus comes to offer you a more and better life, that that's what he's actually offering you today. And that a lot of times when we're holding this, it's really hard to experience that life holding this stuff. And listen, I have gone all in, all in on believing that the best life that I could ever live is found in Jesus. All in. I believe it with all my heart. I believe if, if that's not a part of your life that you're missing out. And so a lot of times this robs us of it. And let me just encourage you here, okay? I know that this is not the most fun part of the message. We're getting there, okay? Let me just encourage you. This is not the life that God has for you. Hear that today. Church, this is not the life that God has for you. God wants you to find and experience freedom. That you don't have to go the rest of your life carrying around this baggage and these issues and these strongholds. You can find freedom. Cool? Okay, hey, you can set that down. How about, how about we all clap our hands, do that, stretch out a little bit. Thank you. Love you, man. <clears throat> God wants you to find freedom. That you and I, we were made to find freedom. So my question would be, if I was sitting in those green hundred-year-old chairs, <laughs> how? Because I want it. So I don't know if that resonated with you, but if there's anything inside of you that doesn't want to do life anymore with this, let me tell you some things from God's word of how to actually do that so our Monday can look different than our Sunday. Cool? Here's the, here's the first thing. Four thoughts. Four things I want you to write down. Here's the first one. 
take back my thoughts. Take back my thoughts. We read this in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension, those things that pretend to be real, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. But that's not the only time in the Bible that it talks about our thought life. In fact, it's, there's a bunch in the Bible about this. Let me just read two. Romans chapter eight, verse five. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, those that cannot stop with these things, those that are dominated by their sinful nature, think about these things. They think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, They think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to, get this, life and peace. In Romans 12, verse 2, I love this one. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Basically, don't live exactly like the world does. Now, if you are, how's that working out for you? Okay? Okay, like don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. That's great. I'm all in. I want to be transformed. I'm like, how? By changing the way you think. So write this down. Write this down. Here's the principle for this. I will never change my life until I change the way I think. I will never change my life until I change the way I think. See, see, freedom, experiencing freedom, finding freedom, so much of it starts with taking back your thoughts. And then here's the second thing. You have to identify the lie. Identify the lie. I, I, identify the issue. I, I, identify the stronghold that, that you have to identify it. Remember, remember the definition of what this is, a prisoner locked by deception. It's, it's, it's a prisoner. You're locked by a lie. You're living life by something that isn't true. You're living life believing that this is the only way that you can live life. It's a deception. It's a lie. But here's the truth. We have a very real enemy. Okay, so I don't know where you stand on all that. It's like, I don't know about this whole like, like devil, Satan, what is that? Like, I, like I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm there. But listen, like the, the John 10, 10, the verse that we've been reading, that's the theme verse. There's actually a first part of that verse that we're, that we're not reading, that we're not focusing on this time. But let me read what that says. It says the thief, talking about the enemy, Satan, devil, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thief, he comes only, only, only to steal, kill, and destroy. You. That's his job description. The enemy, Satan's job description is to steal, kill, and destroy everything in your life. Everything. And he's really good at it. He's been good at it since page three of my Bible. And he never stops. He works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Doesn't even take Christmas off. What? <laughs> but he comes only to steal, kill. But here's how he steal, that he steals and he kills and he destroys with lies. In fact, listen to this in John chapter eight, verse 44. It says he, talking about the enemy, he was a murderer from the beginning. 
He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Write down this principle. When we expose the lie, we defeat the liar. See, when we expose him, when we realize this is what he does, this is what he's doing, when we expose the lie, we defeat the liar. Here's number three. And when, whenever that happens, once you identify the lie, then number three, you have to replace the lie with God's truth. Replace the lie with God's truth. And uh, I've, I've got to go pretty quick. I want to make sure that, that we stay on time. Um, but this is, this is really important. You know, whatever the lie is, whatever that you're carrying around, whatever issue, whatever lie, whatever stronghold, whatever thing that's, that this is in your life, I promise you that God has something to say about it. Yeah, but what about this area? You don't know, like, like you don't know my story. You don't know what happened to me when I was a kid. Yeah, but this, but that. Listen, I believe, like, see, but like, you don't understand, like, this is just part, it's what I, it's how I grew up. My daddy was this way. You don't understand how long I've struggled with this. This is all I know. This has been like my, my whole life I've struggled with this. Let me encourage you. And here, here's kind of the principle. Here's the truth. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than God. Yeah, but, yeah but, but you don't know that. You don't know how long I've struggled with that. You don't know how long that's been a part of my story. You don't know how long that's gripped me. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than God. Yeah, but you don't know how I grew up and you don't know my story. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than God. Nothing, nothing, nothing in your life. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than God. But to replace the lie with God's truth this, this is going to be mind-blowing, I know. I told you, Middle Tennessee Public School Education, okay? But to replace the lie with God's truth, you have to know God's truth. So how? How can I know God's truth about these things? I love what Ephesians chapter 6 says. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, Put on the full armor of God. I love that. That God gives us these weapons. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Yeah, but you don't know that person. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, when those lies come, you may be able to stand your ground. And then the Bible goes on this list of all these pieces of armor that God gives us. And here's the funny thing. Every single one of them is a defensive piece of armor, except for the very end. And he gives us one, like, offense, an offensive weapon. And it says this in verse 17. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, the Word of God, the Bible. I love that it's called a sword. You know why? Because my Bible is a weapon. God's Word is a weapon. And so I want to encourage you to, if it's not part of your daily life, 
to maybe make part of like your day-to-day life reading God's word. Maybe for some of you, it's so intimidating and I don't even know how to start. Maybe it's just take five minutes a day. And if you need somewhere to start, start in the book of John. And if you read that, then read Matthew, then read Mark, and then read Luke. Read all about Jesus because that's who we're following. But maybe just take some time, like get to know Jesus. Maybe spend time every single day just reading a little bit. And the more that you do, like, like trust me, anything that you're going through, the answer is in this book. See, because the Bible, it even describes itself as alive and active. In other words, this is the only book on planet earth that's breathing. And it speaks to every single area of your life, anything. So if you're dealing with, if what you're dealing with is guilt, shame, condemnation, you need to find Romans 8.1. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. There's none. No guilt, no shame, no regret from God at all. There's none. Some of you, maybe you're dealing with fear. You need to find 2 Corinthians 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's not from him. And timidity but a power, love, and self-discipline. Maybe you're dealing with low self-esteem or comparison. Psalm 139, verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Um, What was I else to say? Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Maybe you're dealing with sexual temptation, lust, porn, all those type things. First Corinthians chapter six, it says run from sexual sin. Don't fight it, run. Run from sexual sin. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price with the blood of Jesus. So you must honor God with your whole body. Maybe you're dealing with worry. Philippians chapter four, verse six says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Maybe you're dealing with anger. Ephesians chapter four, it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Maybe you're dealing with pride. James four, six, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. Dealing with insecurity. Philippians chapter four, verse 13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. See, listen, whatever you're dealing with, this book says something about it. So God wants to speak to you every single day through his word. And listen, some of you, maybe you don't even have a Bible. Let me just help you. Okay, one, we're working really hard to get a whole bunch of Bibles here, and hopefully they'll be here next week. So I'm an old school. I like my fingerprints to be all over my Bible. I I mark it up. I write all over it. It looks like I'm crazy if you read it. So maybe it's like, I mean, I don't don't, don't even have a physical Bible. We're going to give you one, okay? You don't have to pay for it? No, it's like, it's it's yours. We want to give you, we want, I, I want people to have the Bible, so they can read the Bible. Because I believe it's God's word. I believe it's alive, that it's active. It speaks to every single area of our life. You don't have one, we wanna give you one. I wish I had them here today. I'd just toss them out like Oprah. (laughs) But maybe next week, okay? (laughs) Amazon, okay? But, um, But if you don't, and you have a smartphone, you can actually go on to your app store and find an app called YouVersion. And it has not just one Bible, it's got like, 90 Bibles on it. And so you can take that, maybe that's a good way to start uh, is you can actually have the Bible on your phone um, there. And so, but we gotta take back our thought life. We gotta identify the lie. We gotta replace the lie with God's truth. And finally, here's the last one, number four, tell someone else. You have to tell someone else. 
See, because everything one through three was all about you and it was introspective and it was you dealing with God and maybe it's just you on your couch and quiet time and okay, yes, I know that truth and all that. But the, but the biggest thing is that you have to go tell somebody, hey, I've got this stuff in my life. Is that just like, you know, we all raised our hand, we all had issues, there's a story behind each and every hand that went up. And write down this principle. If you're the only one who knows your secrets, you're in trouble. If you're the only one that knows that area, that knows that thing, you're you're in trouble. But there's something powerful that happens when we have the courage to take off our mask, to be open and honest, and tell someone, here's what I'm struggling with, and I don't want to anymore, And then if you ask somebody to pray for you, will you pray for me? Because here's why. Here's a great, in James chapter five, it says this. It says in verse 16, therefore confess your sins. Talk about this stuff to each other. Just don't talk about it. Pray for each other so that you may, listen to this, be healed. It's not just, you know, God, I'm going to give you all these things. I'm going to be by myself, and then I'm going to experience healing. It says, go, confess your sins. Have somebody pray for you so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful, and it's effective. In other words, when you take something that's in the dark, and you put it into the light, you experience two things, healing and freedom. And... Um, I want to tell you, that's why on our connection card, if you look at the bottom, it says prayer request. And in just a second, we're going to receive the offering. So if you're here for the first time and you filled this out, or maybe you've never filled this out and you want to just give us your information, because it's like, I've been here three weeks and I trust you now. Okay, that's cool. But that's why this is such a big, important part. And this is why we're going to talk about it every week, because we want to pray for you. So maybe what you can do is you can write down, here's some things that I'm going through this, and I promise you, we actually, it's, it's, we can tear this off, and then we tear this off from your personal information, and then we take it, and we literally pray over those things every single week. And that's also why at the very end of our service, when we wrap everything up, and we dismiss, and you're walking out, that there's going to be some people here in the front that are gonna be here, that if you need prayer for any area of your life, we want you to come and pray. Because we know that there's this principle that when we take something that's in the dark, we put into the light, or maybe we just invite somebody because the prayer of a righteous person. And the reason why these people are righteous up here isn't because they're awesome, it's because they've been saved by Jesus. And that's what makes us righteous. It's not our righteousness. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. But that the reason why we can pray for each other is because of what Jesus has done. And when that happens, you'll experience healing. You'll experience freedom. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And so listen, our goal as a church is for this to be the safest place to talk about anything. Anything. Whatever this is, you can talk about it here. You can go up to somebody in just a minute. Maybe that needs to be your response today. It's to say, you know what? I need somebody to pray for me today. And so I just want to encourage you to have the courage to do that. Nobody's going to point you out. You're a big, bad sinner. No, 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 no. I like it. 
I literally had somebody pray for me right before we started. We all need prayer. And so we want to have a culture where, where we pray. Let me end with this. Um, my first 14 years in full-time ministry, I was a youth pastor. So I worked with junior high and high school students, 14 years. Um, I've earned heaven. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, kidding, you can't, okay? Um, reminder that we're in a school, okay? Um, but there was a time where uh, it, we, I had this one specific high school student. I'll never forget him. His name was Cole. And Cole, he showed up to our student ministry and he was a pronounced atheist, skeptic. I don't believe in God at all. And it was like obvious. And he was very vocal about that. But his mom, like good mamas, they made him come to church. And so every week, Cole would just come. He'd sit in the back and he'd fold his arms, not want to be there. And so every single week, Cole would come. And over a long time, I mean, this wasn't like one week. It wasn't a month. It was over months and months of him just being in that environment, having conversations, people loving him despite, you know, the things that was going on in his life, despite anything that maybe he was dealing with. He had this radical conversion. And I don't know if you've ever met anybody that was maybe, you know, that lived that life. And then when they come to know, I mean, it's like all in because that's what it takes. And so he went all in. He made, the dece- he made the decision to follow Jesus, and it was like everything, all in, passionate, on fire. I'm living my life for God. And a few weeks later, we were having a moment, just like we were having that we'll have at the end of this service, where there'll be some people up here, and you can come and get prayer while, while other people are leaving. And he came up to me. And when he came up to me, I could see that he had such a heavy heart. He was, I had this huge burden and he came up. And the first thing he said to me, tears in his eyes, Cole said, it was about three weeks after he made a decision to follow Jesus. He said, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. I didn't know I was still going to have to carry all this around. Because I kind of thought that I wasn't going to have to deal with that. And, he, and I went all in, but I still struggle and I still have issues and I still have these things in my life. And I interrupted him and I said, deep down, you're asking today, is it worth it? Because now you just feel guilty about it. And today, you're, if, if, if we were gonna be completely honest, Cole, you're asking, is this even worth it? And I began to tell him that God has a plan and a vision for his life that it starts with knowing God. Check, he did that. He made a decision to follow Jesus. He made a decision to have a relationship with God, the Father. It starts with knowing God, but it doesn't end there. See, like that is not the finish line. That is the starting line. That's not where it ends. It's like, okay, cool, we're done. Let's shut this place down. No, it's like, that's just the beginning. Now God has this life for you that you could live. That's the best life you could ever possibly live on this planet. And then we get to go to heaven after all this. And I began to tell him that and speak that truth over his life. And I said, yes, it's going to be a process. Yes, it's going to take time. But there will be a time where you do not have to live life anymore with these things. And here's why it's worth it. 
And I busted out this verse because Jesus said that I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than you, Cole, could have ever dreamed of. That following Jesus and God's plan, his vision for your life is literally the best life you could ever possibly live breathing on this planet. And tears welled up in his eyes. And he said, just like a good high school student, that's cool. there, right there in that moment, he bought into the fact. He bought in. He went all in. That just even trying to live God's way is the best life I could ever live on this planet. And I can tell you my biggest prayer that over the next four weeks as we've been talking about this, I've gone all in, cashed in everything that I have to move to this city because I'm praying that, that you'll buy into that, that you'll believe it. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. As we wrap up, I just want you to just ask, like, God, what are you speaking to me today? What does my response seem to be to this message? Maybe for some of you, a practical response. So I just need to read the Bible every day, maybe for five minutes. This week, I'm just going to read for five minutes every single day. I want to make that a priority. Maybe for some of you, it's to, it's to tell somebody to pray for you. And maybe in just a minute, when we, maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's, it's somebody that came with you to church. And maybe on the drive home, you'd be like, hey, I know that we typically don't go here, but can I tell you, here's what's going on in my life. Will you pray for me? Maybe for some of you, it's to fill out one of those cards. Maybe for some of you, it's to actually come and to receive prayer from somebody that's on our prayer team. But maybe there's a group of people here that you've never given your life to Jesus. And that's the first step in this whole thing, that you make the decision to follow Jesus with your whole life. See, freedom, it really starts first with the relationship with God. Well, like we put it this way, freedom is not about the absence of something. It's about the presence of someone. So if your relationship with God isn't where it needs to be, and we want to give you the opportunity today to make the decision to follow Jesus, so we're not going to point you out or embarrass you. We're not going to ask you to come up to the front. It's a very private moment for here for you to make this decision. And we're not going to drag it out. But if you're here and you want to make the decision, hey, you know what? I know that it starts with me knowing God. And I've never made that decision. Or maybe I have in the past. And I need to make a fresh commitment. I need to kind of come back to God. Either way, it doesn't, like, and maybe some of you are like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Okay, listen, if you just know, you know whether or not your relationship with God is where it needs to be. And so if it's not, and you want to say, God, I want to follow you. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. All eyes are closed. All heads are bowed. If you just, man, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Yep. Yeah, got you. Got you. Got you. Yeah, got you. Awesome. So proud of you. Proud of you. Proud of you. That's amazing. Yes. Anybody else? Got you. Yeah, I got you. It's awesome. So proud of you. Awesome. And so why don't, if you raise your hand or maybe it's it's for you, you can put your hands down. Maybe for you, it's something that, that, um, Maybe you made this decision without raising your hand. Just, just pray this. Pray something like this in your heart. Just pray, God, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross and thank you for defeating death for me. Today, I repent for my sin. I take a step towards you and I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my whole life, every single bit, 100%. I give you everything. I choose to build my whole life on you. And so God, today, from this moment on, 
I want to follow you in every single area of my life, every single day of my life, for the rest of my life. I'm all in. God, I love you. And it's through Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.